This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast in association with the Sky Blue Tavern and Dylan's Bury, the best place to enjoy pre and post match entertainment in Coventry, as well as taking advantage of their away day travel that operates for every Sky Blues away fixture. I'm David and I'll guide us through this episode, but joined by Matt, Matt Trotwin. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, very good. Have you had one of the Tav mixed grills, Matt? Um, I I haven't I haven't had the opportunities of yet. I know we did um, the pre-season pod there a couple of years back, and I, I sampled some food then. But um, I'm sure it's only got better in the last kind of year and a half. So yeah, I need to get myself up and uh, and, and sample some of the menu. Yeah, no, it's um, I must admit, yeah, we've we've been after quite a few home games actually because it's right obviously by the train station. Um, yeah, yeah. great. Great scram, great footy scram, as they uh, <laughs> as they say. How are you feeling around uh, everything Coventry, Matt? Yeah, good. It's been a it's been a pretty positive seven seven days, hasn't it? You know, we've um, for, for me at the moment, kind of going into this period and obviously losing some important players. It felt like as long as we could keep pace with other yeah. teams in and around us, whilst we worked towards getting you know particularly Ben Sheaf back. Uh, it, it was going to be a positive thing for us and we're certainly doing that at the minute it seems a bit of a polar opposite of last year where you know we were putting performances and, and results together and other teams were falling off and we were able to make ground this year it feels like we've got to do it to, to keep pace at the minute because obviously other teams around us are picking points up as well but we are only you know touch wood obviously in terms of not losing anybody else with injuries we're, we're going to get stronger quite significantly stronger with with certain players who are going to come back into this side so um yeah we weren't in the six like spots were we we're we're not in these spots by uh this time last year feels like we're in a 
sort of a pack being chased. It feels like that uh, very much. Yeah. So I think the way that we're checking calendars and we said this on the pod last week and checking calendars and results and results of other teams and everything already, it kind yeah. of feels like people are coming to get us rather than uh, I think before last season, it was, it was sort of very much more just jumping about a little bit. We were always around that sort of eighth spot, ninth spot, yeah. I think. Um, but it was also very tight up there. Whereas, you know, there's been chances for us to actually go a couple of points ahead, isn't it? Of, of, of that. And we haven't been able to, because like you say, teams around us are, are continuing to win. And, you know, I don't think I noticed last season as many teams that were like making mistakes and then pulling them back. Like, mm you're watching the game yesterday, but with one eye on, on Sky as sports as well. And, you know, teams will go one nil down and you're like, right, this is absolutely perfect. Like stay like this. And then, yeah, lo and behold, they, they go and get three or four. Um, so it it's does weird feel like how, if It's weird how the dynamics change because as you say, we kind of timed it perfectly last year, but we needed other teams to fall away. And so many of them did that to quite a, quite a shocking level whereas and that felt weirdly more comfortable being in that chasing pack and almost having to expect other teams to fall away but watching it happen versus now trying to protect a position that we're in at the moment where you're sixth but you've still got you know 13 14 odd games of the season left to go or 13 as it is now and you're trying to protect where you are for whatever reason that feels oddly unsettling um and as we say, the form seems to be different with those teams in and around us at the minute. So it's been a massively important week for us. I, you know, ridiculously early, I know last week started talking about, do we start looking at how many points we need? And I know it's ridiculously early, but in my mind, one of the things I can't avoid thinking is that we were going to need coming into this week to probably win one of these two games. Because I think between now and the end of the season, if we're going to end up in the playoffs, we're going to need to have won you know, two, three away games at the very least. Um, and whilst they weren't easy, totally easy away games, they were two winnable away games. And I just felt like we were probably going to need to come away with a win in one of those games if we were to, you know, keep the momentum going and probably be where we would want to be at the end of the season. So it's been a, it's been a fantastic week for us. How do you feel looking ahead to the, to the end of the season? Do, do you think we'll we'll stay? Do you think we'll stay the, the distance or at this moment in time? I think it's always nice because, you know, we look at the start of the season and I think um, a few people said eighth, tw- you know, ninth, tenth. Some people said playoffs. Um, I can't remember everybody's responses. And then a few weeks down the line, we were saying, right, well, if we can just sort of, you know, lower half table, if we can just get this season out of the way, it's a building season. We're all, and then obviously Mark Robbins is, he's not having any of none of that. He He's completely worked his, his miracles again and his magic. And suddenly we're, you know, we're, we're potentially fifth really in terms of if, if, in a couple of weeks, if results go our way, you know, we could be mm. solidifying there. Do you think we'll, in this moment in time, because it'd be interesting to look back do you think mm. we'll 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 get into the playoffs? I kind of I, I go <laughs> back and forth on it. It's so difficult. I generally tend to be a little bit more pessimistic, unfortunately. Um, but if you if you're asking me right now, as of you know, obviously coming off a really good week and where we sit at this moment in time, I tend to think yes. But I think it's going to be 
razor close at the end of the season between you know us and other teams and it's going to be one of those where it might be changing on the last day of the season and um and it might be quite an uncomfortable ride between now and then but i don't look at the other teams in and around us and think I am jealous of the players that they have at their disposal. I know there's a lot of talk around Hall, but I think that's a lot of players to to bed in. Um, a lot of players who have an expectation to play, having come on loan or for you know decent fees on decent wages. Um, and there's a lot of, I guess, a lot of movement or a lot of managing that um, that they're going to have to do there. Rosinha is going to have to do there. So I don't look at anybody else and think I'm jealous of of what you have at your disposal. The thing that does worry me, and I, obviously Robbins has kind of alluded to this, is what will happen if we were to pick up any further injuries. And I think that is a threat to us because we were quite fortunate in the second half of last season. Um, and we're going to need to be relatively fortunate between now and the end of the season. We've obviously had a couple um in recent weeks we've we've had talk yesterday and hopefully that's nothing too serious we need to just have a bit of fortune from that perspective because if we were to get a couple of significant injuries there then i you know it it would probably my my mindset on it would probably change a little bit unfortunately but I, you know, you're asking me now on a, on the Sunday afternoon. I'm 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 confident. If you ask me tomorrow at the same time, I might lean slightly the other way. But I would imagine we'll be in and around, and I, and I think we'll be in the conversation come the last day of the season, right? You'd, you'd hope that would be the case as long as we can keep the squad together, largely. Yeah, I mean, you, I'm looking at it now. The form table just it it we're talking about it, and we know because that's what's been happening. But you look at the form table, and we're very similar, but there isn't anyone that's really, you know, I know West Brom are probably out of the last five. They've had two losses and, and a draw. Um, we've had just one. Norwich have only had one loss. Hull, just the one loss. Um, Preston haven't lost in five, two draws and and, and three. Um, of course, you know, we'll speak about them later on this week uh, when we, we get together to talk about that game. But it does feel, you know, then you look past that temp spot, Sunderland, Watford, you, you know, sort of Bristol cities there, they look like they could, I mean, they're not out of it, but they certainly look like teams that are just hitting the wrong sort of form at the wrong mm. time. Um, but we're keeping pace with everyone, but they're, they're not, they're not as um, up and down the results. It does feel that mm. these teams around us are getting draws and are getting um, points and, um, you know, nobody's really uh, dropping away. Um, mm. Of course, this week, Matt, we'll talk about um, the win at Stoke. We'll also, for no one else's benefit other than Dino, just to keep him happy, <laughs> we'll do the Coventry, Coventry. And we also ran a poll on Twitter around Mark Robbins and his number one spot. Um, but first of all, kicking off with Stoke, Matt, six changes, um, probably Tavares and Wilson. Um, arguably the most surprising. Yeah, it was, I mean, it, there was an audible gasp, I will say, more than I've probably ever heard go into a game in my life when literally at two o'clock you heard an audible gasp in the pub. People kind of took a, a sharp intake of breath and then you just heard Tavares popping off in, in different areas of the mm. the pub. It was it was quite a shocker. Um, and it wasn't just him. There were so many shocks in there and surprises that I mean, you know, that the team obviously came out at two o'clock and we saw Tavares and then you're thinking, okay, well, you, we've got no kitchen in there as well and Milan's out. Maybe a few people thought that might be the case. But then you see Sakamoto. It wasn't until we were half an hour further down the line and just getting into the stadium that my 
my friend actually pointed out that um that Wilson was starting as well and we didn't you know we, we didn't have the time to to I guess take that in with all the other shocks and surprises in the team you know Robbins has obviously been alluding to it over the last couple of weeks um being quite blunt in his feelings or in in his uh, words around the fixture congestion and how harsh it is on the players and I think there must be you'd, you'd say with the number of changes in this game there's a mixture of him trying to rotate plus you know obviously we've heard rumours of illnesses and, and things like that and there must be an element of that in there because you wouldn't yeah. have thought I don't know what you think but well his, his like comments after the change. game was, were, were pretty much that you know he said yeah. you, you look and try and pick a side knowing what's next is really tough and you can't get through but you have to try and win a game um, make changes everyone has to be involved and there's only one, one way that we can do that to keep everyone fit and I think that's that is that's a really good point is it like you say is you've got to keep that rotation because we know that fitness and match fitness are two different things. And everyone talks about match fitness, but then, you know, like you say, have a sharp intake of breath in, in the pub. Um, when they hear the likes of, you know, Sakamoto not involved or Collins drop for Wilson. I, I find that one a little bit odd. I'm sure we'll, we'll come onto that a little bit later, but, it is, isn't it? To keep everyone on the boil, to keep everyone up to speed, especially like Louis Binks. Um, you know, Kitchen got sent off recently. That could happen again. Thomas could get sent off. You need players to be able to step into those, mm. you know, those positions, you know, seamlessly, right? And to do that, they've got to be getting enough time. And yes, we are in a fortunate position where we've got FA Cup games and mm. a really, really busy stacked calendar. Um but but it also means that you're trying to pick and choose when he does that. And maybe he felt that Stoke was one of the more winnable games. Preston feels like a six-pointer already at mm. home. You'd have to say that that's a must-win, mm. really. I, I, I hate talking about must-wins at this start, this, you know, this sort of early, early, still early part of the season, really, in, in, in all reality. But it does feel like you're going to have to get something... Um, positive against Preston and then obviously Maidstone you should be able to bypass them with with some decent changes again yeah absolutely Preston it does I I said this last season in the running you know I'm I, I hate the phrase must win in general but when you start breaking it down unless it is literally a last day of the season and you have to win to achieve something I it's a phrase that I'm I'm not a big fan of but when you start actually breaking it down even though literally it might not be the case you know, if you start to look at the points we're probably going to need to get in the playoffs, and if that is obviously ultimately goal, which it should still be, then you're thinking, yeah, we're going to struggle to do that if we don't win the game against Preston, if I'm being completely honest, because you look at what we're probably going to need to do. You know, it was 70 points last season. And that was low. That was low, yeah. If when you look, you look at, at some the last... of the teams that are going this season you know because you've got Ipswich that are going to drop into the playoffs I know they're not going to be fifth and sixth but you yeah. know they 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 look like uh, automatic positions you know they look like they were going to go up automatically so yeah. I think it's going to be a fairly high I don't know it's still probably that 70 or so but it's it's probably leaning towards maybe 73 75 maybe something I think like yeah that. 70 will be potentially where you start from you might have half a chance but in my mind I'm looking at probably 72 73 is where you start thinking yeah, yeah that's where you need to be to have a realistic chance and it might even be higher than that so you know where we are at the minute that's what seven 
seven wins out of 13 games or maybe fewer games with a few few a fewer wins with a few draws mixed in there as well and you start to look through it and think again it, yeah must win isn't a phrase that i i love and and obviously it isn't must win at this stage of the season because you don't know what could happen afterwards but you do feel like if we if we weren't to win against Preston, it it becomes a bit of a struggle, to be honest with you. So um, as crazy as that is to say, because, you know, we're still going to be there or thereabouts. But if you start actually breaking it down, what we need to do, it's it's going to make things really difficult. So, yeah, massively important game, but massively important, like I say, from that perspective, to have picked up a win in the two away games that we've played over the last few days as well. It's a massive result. I think for me, if we do end up in the playoffs, we're going to look back or certainly I think I will look back on this week as a massively pivotal one for us. You know, we've obviously had to rotate the team quite a lot, make a few changes, still missing Sheaf, still lacking numbers, maybe in centre midfield with Allen as well. I, I think this week to have come out of it with seven points, if we were to end in the playoffs, I think this week will be pivotal. I, I think I would look back at this week as being massive for us, to be honest. Just while you're talking there, I was doing a, a bit of a Carol Vorderman moment and doing some maths. <laughs> um, I think 13 games left, 13, 13 yeah. yeah, 13 games left. Um, yeah. And if you're saying that we need, well, 70, 70, 75, I think, or 25 points, you, you're looking, that's, that's, if you need 25 points from where we are, which we probably don't, let's, let's be honest. Um, mm. What are we on now? 51 points, aren't we? Yeah. So, if you think it's 73, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's 1.7, 1.7 points per game. Yeah, exactly. This is why uh, this, this week for me was so massively <laughs> that's important. A lot, isn't it? <laughs> we're going to have to win some away games, right? I think that's the point. Because well, we're going to, we're going to take some losses. I mean, look, we're going to, yeah. we're going to Southampton away. They are by no means not beatable. Mm. Um, but they they are starting to hit some some form. Um, you know we've got some other tricky fixtures. West Brom, uh, uh, you yeah. know, under the lights uh, away from home. That's always going to be a difficult. So when you start to think one point seven, one point seven points per game, that's yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? That's why I mean I, I kind of working out the. I went a little bit backwards with it. I started working out the points first, and was thinking, okay, seventy three is a point where I start thinking. We might have a chance. Seventy-three to seventy-five. I'm thinking seventy-five is is one point nine. You know, that's <laughs> that's that starts to be You're really going full on Carol here, aren't you? <laughs> but seventy-three. I've been called worse. <laughs> <laughs> so I think seventy-three is you know that's a point where I start to feel like okay, we might have a a realistically good chance at it, but still, that seven wins from from where we are right now or let's say six and a few few draws but then you start to I think I went that way around first and then worked out oh crap it's only 13 14 games left to go so that seems like quite a high number of wins in not a huge amount of games just when you started thinking okay so 21 points or 24 points before Stoke and that's eight wins or seven or six with a few draws it's not too bad but then you kind of like it dawned on me there isn't really that long left to go in the season in terms of number of games so you can't really you know, you can't be saying, okay, we'll pick up a point and that's not bad on the road. That kind of conversation, to some extent, if we'd have done that in both games this week, yeah, great. You could say Plymouth away, picking up a point, they're not bad at home, fine. In in context of it, outside of what we're trying to achieve. Maybe similar with Stoke, not, obviously they're not on great form, but 
to me going into this week and already starting to look at what we needed i was thinking regard take that off the table we needed to win one of those games to be honest with you i think you have to ask yourself is would west brom go away to those two teams and only pick up two points would southampton who all right they'll probably be in the automatics but if they're not you've got Leeds, well, you know, you've got Southampton or Leeds, it's it's flip-flopping. One of them, yeah. Would Leeds yeah. go, would Southampton go, would Ipswich go, yeah. you know, to, to those two places and draw? Yeah. I don't think they would. And that's yeah, exactly. what you've got to be comparing yourself against because it is a very competitive six spots, actually. I think mm. under that, under us, Hull, um, Sunderland looking, looking out of it, Preston, I don't actually think they're not they're not like coveted teams in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think when you look above you above that bar Ipswich, I've got to be honest, but they're a bit of a rogue. You know, we know how how much um, you know momentum can can help a team uh, from the playoffs. But yeah, I I think you're right. You know, when you start to boil it down, it's a lot of points and there's a lot of football still to be played, but not as much as you you think to start saying actually let's grab a point here and there. No, I think all of the home games are pretty much, you, you need to be winning them. Um, and then your away games, you, you need to be picking up points on the road. And Certainly the home games we would like to think we would be the better team in, you know, majority of the time we're going to have to then go and win those games. And I think, yeah, some of the away games we might have to say, like I say, with this week, two on paper, potentially winnable games. My thought process was, you know, if we have to take a few risks to potentially even try and turn draws into wins, but you might take a little bit more of a risk of potentially losing, then at a certain point, we might have to look at doing that. So, And obviously it was great to get the last minute equaliser at Plymouth and turn zero points into one, right? You know, that's that, that's better than going there and losing, obviously, in the context of how that game ended up going. But um, it, it did make yesterday a really important game in my mind. Um, and we we got the job done in not a fantastic performance. But who cares? We got the job done. Yeah, well, let's, let's go on to that. We'll, we'll you know, we won't long, linger too long on, on it. But the first half was... For me, a little bit sloppy, looked a bit leggy, a bit similar to Plymouth, really. We just couldn't seem to, um, you know, put those plays together that, we, that we've, that you know, come to expect, really, I guess. That intricate passing, that, um, you know, pass and move triangles, that, that sort of stuff. We seem to not be able to do that as much. Um, and also, I think, just looked a little bit fatigued. What did you think around mm. that first half? Yeah, I would agree. We looked like a side who'd missed or who'd made six changes and maybe looked a little uncoordinated, didn't look to be that level of cohesion that maybe we've had to an extent in in the positive run of results that we've had over the last few months. So, you know, you've probably got to expect that if you're making that number of changes, you're going to lose a little bit of that cohesion, a little bit of that, um, you know, understanding between players and, and those connections. So, yeah, completely agree. And there certainly looked to be a little, little, uh, a little bit of fatigue within the players, um, you know, it does seem like a, a team that maybe is going through it a little bit at the minute with regards to some kind of little bug or, or whatever might be going around. Um, so it just wasn't a great half of football from from either side, to be honest with you. It really didn't feel as though a goal particularly was coming. I know we had that opportunity um, relatively early on, but outside of that, it just didn't really feel like there was... There was much coming in and then obviously into the we'll, we'll talk more about the second half but it, it felt like it was going to be a struggle going into the second half as well so um but yeah first half it um 
from either side, it just wasn't a great spectacle of football, really, was it? Yeah. And like you mentioned that O'Hare just, it seemed like he had a wonderful chance and then it can just be such a different afternoon, can't it? Um, Mm -hmm. Not much that Tav could do. I I don't think he, um, he didn't get the ball out to him that much. He didn't Mm. seem as confident to take on his man, but then there wasn't actually that much space in behind him. Some of the balls that, you know, Sims laid off to him, but just, he had no chance to be honest on, on getting in anywhere near them. Um, but he did get a cross in. Uh, Wright made himself a bit of a nuisance. Sims also, you know, reacted first and, and that was good in the box. Um, it fell to O'Hare and it was just deflected, I think, off onto um, either the post or just deflected off. But he seemingly had had the goal just at his beckoning. Um, mm. Probably based on past seasons, you would have just that you'd probably be like, yeah, OK, I kind of. But on this season, you would have expected the, the net to bulge. Yeah, absolutely. As we've said with O'Hare, he's kind of the progression he's been able to make in the period of time where he's been out of the side with that serious injury is is quite impressive. He seems to have come back. You know, I think everybody's talked about physicality wise. He's he's a different um, shape of a man almost in a lot of regards. And that's helped his game. But also his finishing just seems to have significantly improved over that period of time and I think we probably saw some signs of it before just before the injury but um but significantly improved since he's he's come back obviously in the last couple of months so it was frustrating I thought um I'll give credit to their keeper to be honest with you it was a relatively smart save for the first yeah. situation because I think up right as well yeah right makes a nuisance but I think it comes off the defender doesn't it and it kind of bounces and he has to react quickly to the ball going I guess in the direction he doesn't expect so solid from that and then seems like they did well obviously to react first and turned and and shot and the keeper you know it's just keep good keeping in terms of positioning he was right there to to kind of smother that opportunity and but then when it falls to O'Hare in that situation the goalkeeper's kind of out of the equation so it was frustrating because all he's got to do is kind of avoid not even hitting the defender because you can hit the defender just not hit him square on so yeah. the ball isn't going to like flick off him and go yeah, in the exactly. goal do you know what I mean? you can yeah. flick off the knee or flick off the side yeah. of his hip or yeah. wherever just don't hit him square in the chest which is yeah. essentially what he did and it, it cannons back off the the post so look we're probably still going to have those moments with him but um but it was frustrating because it did feel even at that stage, it felt like it was going to be one of those difficult afternoons for either side to, to find the net. So you think you knew they goal... were going to be putting a lot on the line, um, yeah, and hard to sometimes break down. They they've, you know, they they're going to be naturally quite deep because of where they are. You know, league position wise, they're going to be defending their yeah. lives, and yeah, they did make a, a a good stop. There wasn't really much else, as you said, to to really talk about in that that first half. There was nothing really from from Stoke apart from obviously when the teams came out for the second half Torp was um one one that was missing um an injury it's got to be um seems mm. like a calf I think is what people were saying but hopefully nothing serious Robin said that he came off injured but he didn't allude to anything further in his um post-match interview mm. yeah it's a frustrating one obviously that from from a couple of regards, you know, he's been so impressive for us in coming into the side and, and been instrumental in some really great moments for us. Aside from that, that is the area of the pitch where we are struggling with other players as well. So it's kind of, if you were realistically picking one player at the minute that you could probably least afford to lose, it, it might be that area of the pitch. So if you flick the 
try and put something of a positive spin on it i guess you know you, you, if he's missing for preston it, hopefully it will be preston and then obviously you've got maidstone who as you alluded to at the start of the pod hopefully we could expect to you know be able to get through that without taught playing um, and then he might have the best part of two weeks to kind of try and get himself back into to fitness. So if it's not that serious of an injury, it might just be that Preston game where he's missing. And then you have to lean on other players to to come in and, and do a job. And, um, you know, as we said at the start of the pub, we're going to need players to come in and, and have to do that. So it's certainly not ideal. Um, we just hope at the very worst, it's, you know, something he could recover in within, let's say, a couple of weeks or so to, to make himself back available. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought we were much more proactive in the second half. I thought Robbins has obviously had a conversation at half time, getting people to 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 start getting back to that football, and I thought that we um, we looked better. Yeah, slightly though. <laughs> I, I, you know, I it was one of those games all round for me. You just take the win and move on because I just think it's such an important yeah. win for us. Yeah. I, I, I thought we were slightly better in the second half, but I still wouldn't have said it was a great performance to be honest. You know, that we maybe put a little bit more pressure onto them. I think what I will say is as well, you know, the game kind of changes when you go a goal ahead in, in a match like that. You know, we're largely thinking, okay, defend the lead and then try and catch them on the break. So the way that we play changes. So you saw signs of it early on, and obviously it led to the goal, which was still relatively early in the second half. Um and then the way we play changes. So if we, in a weird way, if we maybe hadn't scored at that point, you might have seen us come into our own a bit more. My kind of thinking in the first half, it felt like they'd had to do a lot of the running. I think we had over 60% of the possession in the first half. So one thing I was hoping maybe was an advantage potentially to come in the second half was them tiring because they would, you know, they'd had to do a lot more of the chasing of the ball. We'd, we'd had the possession and we'd move them around a lot. Stokes are relatively, you know, a big pitch as well, it feels. So they'd, you know, it felt like their players had put a shift in and I was hoping that they might have tired a bit in the second half. And yeah. obviously that might have been a factor in the goal because, you know, we saw them quite sloppy in a couple of incidents there. And from that goal onwards, it kind of changes the dynamic of the game. I think we probably would have gone to on to have decent opportunities either way because of the fact that, yeah, I, I felt they looked a little bit um, leggy coming out in the second half because of the amount of running they'd had to do in the first 45 and then it completely changes the dynamic of the game you know we're thinking yeah. we can catch them on the break we've got a, we've got a lead to defend and you know you're away from home you're always gonna i guess change the way that you play a little bit as well we did finally get a goal like you said um some really good work by Hadji. um he got a foot in o'hare's quick thinking and you know sims a really really good finish you know he he scored against plymouth he's now got another one uh, leading that line um good finish matt and 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 how many do you think sims can get before the end of the season if he, he still gets the opportunities yeah i mean you start to get a feeling now it, it, you might kind of naturally feel as though he's almost making that center forward role his you know he's he's certainly putting a stake in a claim to say he would be the option that you would go with in that area and start of the season we were kind of jumbling that area of the pitch around even in formation let alone personnel but it would you know the two elements were changing quite a lot and now we seem set on the fact of we'd you know we'd like to play with a front three we saw the benefits of ironically obviously it started with that home game against stoke in november and the formation seems to work for us now so we seem set on the formation but 
outside of the the two wide attackers, you know, we we seem seem to have a bit of debate on who might play in that more central world. I think that feels almost as if it might be getting put to bed. So um, that would be ideal, and hopefully that will mean he'll get a, a run of games and have the opportunity to to build his confidence. He talked about his confidence in the interview after the game as well, yeah. and, and he's starting to feel that confidence grow. So look, if he ends up getting double figures, which now you think if he were to get a run of games, that's what four more goals in potentially 13, but you've got a couple of cup games in there as well. Yeah. Uh, hopefully if we, if we do beat Maidstone, you're thinking that's 15 games. So it's, you know, one every two, three games, if he does play regularly is certainly not out of reach at all. So double figures, you're going to say first season, you know what, take it. And it's, um, and it's a solid return in a team that seems to spread goals out around the pitch. And I, I you know, you look at it, if you were to think, during this period of time, there was one player you'd want to kind of show that form um, to build the confidence, to build that rapport with the fans as well and um, and everything else. And it would be Sims. It feels like that's something that's happened this season. You know, we've had yeah. nobody's kind of gone the whole season where they've been out and out, you know, the, the standout player for his form wise. But we've had Sakamoto's had a period and it's embedded him within the club and Milan's had a period and obviously with his um with, with his celebrations and everything he's he's managed to embed himself within the club and then Hadji was struggling but he's obviously had a run of form which is embedded him it's almost a bit spinning plate wise as well you're kind of thinking one yeah. goes off the ball and then one comes on yeah. a bit but at least everybody's maybe having a period that, maybe that's because of that um you know uh, mixing it up you know Robins mm. by bringing players in and out and and you know changing of of players quite frequently maybe that's what has you know lent it to that really that yeah. you know people are sort of getting these redemption chances over and over again if that makes sense and clearly we've also got a bigger squad whereas last yeah. season it was pretty much doom and gloom if certain players <laughs> were not were not in right so yeah. it does feel but I, I agree you know it'd be great to see that he could get swords double figures and I thought it was a really really smart finish actually very mm. instinctive and that's probably what he needs I thought he was unlucky not to score first time at Plymouth um, mm. and then obviously followed it up well and, and sort of bundled it in um, and but he's in getting in the right areas you know the run that he made at Plymouth was really smart and the way mm. that he, he finished this one I think was also so smart I think he gives us some physicality up top that we don't have um, if if perhaps Godden um, or even Palmer playing in that false um, sort of nine ten role is is there. So I, I do think that he gives us that physicality as well. He's a little bit quicker than perhaps Godden, and it it does to me and 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 you feel like he is probably solidifying himself as that as that main target man. And you know Hadji Wright and O'Hare and 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 Sakamoto playing a, around him with with obviously Palmer getting appearances as well. So yeah, I think getting that confidence up leading the line getting a run of games is going to be um super super important for him and like you say hopefully he can get into double figures picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order mug delivery now on the mcdonald's app there's nothing quite like a mcdelivery at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com the TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. 
That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Stoke did keep pressing. I think it felt like it was ourselves that were going to be the makers of our own downfall. For some reason, mm. we just didn't seem to want to clear our lines. We quite enjoyed <laughs> being camped in and not not hitting them. Um, but it did feel like that a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, it was very frustrating. I, I, I felt quite sorry for the for the backline actually because it felt like you know they were getting into decent areas. Stokes seemed to kind of move out wide, and I, I was I was quite concerned when they move out wide. It felt like they had a lot of space and could hurt us, especially when you know we started the game without our 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 starting um, wide defenders as well. You thought, okay, this could be a bit dicey, but then he consistently seemed to try and move it in and flick balls like inside through the middle and we kind of were relatively comfortable even when they did try and you know play a ball in from out wide I think we repelled it quite well but what was frustrating after we went one up yeah we would repel the ball to somewhere around halfway and we really struggled in in those areas then to kind of hold the ball right so the ball would get to let's say I think Hadji struggled more than more than anybody else unfortunately the ball would kind of get up to him and just take it take your time take a touch use your strength he's a, you know he's an imposing figure he's 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 a big lad he can he can use his physicality to hold on to the ball and play it into the right areas and um and try and use the clock and everything and we just really struggled to we'd either try and hold it in the right wrong time or we try a little flick to get somebody away and it wouldn't go too well or just a loose pass and it was really quite frustrating because I mean, I I don't like saying this about opposition. I like to focus on commentary, and I know sometimes we'll, we're inclined to say this as a as any fan base would, but they were really poor, and I just felt there was such an opportunity for us when we went one nil up to just kill that game. Um, but we, more than anything, we were giving them the opportunity to get the ball back and keep the ball, you know, in our half. Keith was pen back and put the pressure on, and that was quite frustrating to see. But ultimately. It's still also if you're watching that as a neutral versus being a kind of a nervous Coventry fan, it didn't really feel like actually they were going to score. To be honest with you, there weren't really no, many agree. clear opportunities. The one that they had a spell of corners, and I think there were a few opportunities for Rose in particular to, to yes. win a header. But yeah, but he's you know, never getting over the top of them. Yeah, no, there wasn't really anything there that properly threatened the goal it was just a bit frustrating to see him you know or or any Stoke player obviously winning those headers but other than that again as I say if you're not a, a nervous Coventry fan you're watching that game as a neutral you could think if you play that game for another 30 45 minutes hour however long you want to play it for they just didn't really feel like they were going to score and it's quite shocking to be honest how how poor they were. Um, if I'm if I'm being completely honest, it was one of yeah. The... I think you could see why why they're uh, down there. Um, without you know without because I think there's been games and you know we've talked about this on the pod a lot that that Hadji Wright is just a little bit of a different type of player. Sometimes when he gets the ball and he shouldn't have, it seems like he's got a complete age to do what he wants, and I think that's his demeanour sometimes. Yeah. Um, but he did have a really, really good chance yesterday to to make it and settle it. And I just felt like 
I don't know. It was very casual and very lethargic. Mm. And I think, I think it's on, I think it's absolutely, you know, expected, but I think a lot of fans watching that would have been frustrated, you know, Mm. that it's a proper backs against the wall job. And then to get into that position, I just felt like at times it doesn't lend itself to to him becoming like a fan's favourite. Does that make sense? I don't want to, you know, I just felt like it was a very lethargic effort that very casual. um, It was on his left foot, I think. Um, Yeah, it was. Yeah. But really, you know, you'd expect them to, to be going in, no? Oh, 100%. Yeah. That, that, and I was relatively high up in the stand that almost, crack me straight in the face I'll be honest yeah. with you and it it was I, I was way too high up for that to be threatening hitting me in the face it was you could feel the frustration behind the goal when um you know it, it felt like a real opportunity to kill the game you know even the build-up to it it felt quite casual in he did he wasn't really fully protecting the ball from the guy backtracking he just got maybe a little bit fortunate that he didn't the the tracking player didn't quite make the right contact with the ball um, and he got away and then, you know, people, players are going to have certain elements to their game. They're going to have certain elements to their personality. We talked about it with Sims. If he's not on form, there's a concern with him because he's probably not the most outgoing. And you kind of worry a little bit if he's out of form that he could, um, I don't know, potentially not. He's not a Milan. Let's put it that way. He's not going to kind of get the fans on side in the difficult moments. So it's really good that he's, fine informed now because obviously it's a bit of a concern if he isn't informed that people might kind of go against him and yeah there is definitely an element of Hadji where you do feel he's quite relaxed and lackadaisical and if he's on form and he's kind of using that the right way then happy days that's great but if you have moments like that where it's obviously not going the way that you want it to and if it costs us then you know fans are going to get frustrated you could feel the frustration at that moment because if you miss but you look like you're trying, then you can kind of maybe let it go to an extent. But if you miss and it just feels like, you know, you're quite casual about it, then um, it, it just doesn't bode well with the players. So I think he's kind of, he, he showed his frustration maybe at the end of the game because he was quite quick to get down the tunnel. So he is somebody I'm, I'm sure is quite keen to, you know, address the issues that he maybe has in his game. Yeah. I think... It was probably not the worst thing he, you know, I think saw some talk about the fact that he went straight off, didn't clap the fans. That was clearly not the case. And I think they were quite keen to show that in the the media after the game with the club and City and Cena kind of pay attention to him going down the tunnel and clapping the fans. So you can quite clearly see he doesn't disrespect the fans. But I don't mind the fact that he was quite quick to get down there and be quite frustrated in his own performance because, you know, he knows there's pressure on him. There's expectation because there's quite a big price tag on his, on his shoulders as well. But... He has also quite significantly impacted the game with his work for the goal, you know, and that's yeah. a well, moment that's, that's massively important to us. So uh, hopefully he's, whilst it's not the worst thing that he is frustrated in and there's areas of the game that he needs to improve on, you know, he's also got to take from the the game the fact that he's really been quite pivotal, pivotal in the moment that's, that's ultimately won us the game. the game. So, yeah. No, agreed. Let's wrap this up then, Matt. Um, we did get it over the line. A good away win. Uh, always a tough place to go, Stoke. Um, who is your man of the match? I'd like to give it to to Bobby Thomas, to be honest with you, just for the fact of he had a tricky game at Plymouth. I think we all can see that. And um, he also, let's not forget, you know, we talk about the changes. A majority of them were that backline 
he was pretty much the one. If you think about our our usual starting back five, if you include the keeper, he was the only one. You know, you'd usually have Kitchen and Collins. We talked about the improvements we've made since since going to back that back to centre back partnership with Kitchen and Thomas and Collins, obviously coming into the team. Um, obviously, he had a new partner at, at centre half, but you also have the two. Um, the left left back and right back are different to the usual starting back line. So he was the kind of constant in there. And I think he led the back line well, um, you know, majority of the time if they were getting it. Other than that little spell of corners, he was kind of repelling the ball if it was coming into the box. But I just think his positioning was good. They were trying to play little balls in through the middle. And I think between him and Binks, they, they actually did quite a good job of repelling those situations, not giving them too much space. He obviously had that big moment with the um, with the fifty fifty ball, which he's put into the stands and taken yeah. the defender out, which is always nice to see with a centre half as well. So I think in a difficult situation, you sometimes need those to gather the team up. You know, the momentum yeah. to go. Actually, no, we are going to stick in here and we're not going to get beat. And that sort of sets the tone sometimes, doesn't it? You, sometimes you need that to just get going. You know, famously said, you know, um, Roy Keane. You know, if <laughs> you know. If he, if he just smashed into someone, then it might get the rest of, of the team to react. And it sometimes does take that to realise that there's someone, you know, you're always looking around at who's going to lift the squad. And, and sometimes something like that does, does uh, whether you agree or not, with it, it, it does, it yeah. can have the right impact. Yeah, absolutely. You need leaders in the back line. You know, at that point, it was a bit of a rear guard action. You know, we were trying to to make sure we didn't obviously let a one goal lead slip. So it was a it was a moment that I think, you know, galvanised the team to an extent in an important um, period of the game. And yeah, I just thought it was a solid performance from him in a game where I don't think anybody could really say they performed so significantly above and beyond anyone else to say, you know, it's harsh for them not to get it. De Silva had a, a decent game coming into the side and Sims obviously with his goal and some of his movement. But um, I'd like to give it to Thomas because it was a good comeback from a difficult game against Plymouth on Wednesday night. Yeah, um, good performance by Thomas. I thought Eccles was uh, decent again. I think he's yeah. really grown into a, a really decent central midfielder and has had to actually because if you think... It's going to be important. His colleagues have been, in, you know, Torp injured yesterday, Sheaf injured, Allen's been out with injuries. He he's the only one, you know, constant uh, mm. sort of central midfielder that's managed to keep fit, which you know is great because he's had his his issues in the past. We know he's had injuries, so um, I think he's been been great and and really grown into a, an incredible, you know, asset for us. Um, but I I think Sims, you know, great finish, um, very mm. calm, and uh, was a bit of a thorn in the side of Stoke. When he could be, um, when we were able to play, we didn't play that football that much. Um, so I'm going to give it to Ellis Sims. Um, right, let's keep keep Dino happy. Uh, <laughs> let's hope that you've got the grasp of this a little bit better than um, your podcast colleague Ross Spence um, for <laughs> Coventry and Cov Outry. Um, so I'm going to take your your in and out, Matt, um, from you. Yeah. Let's start with your so in. A goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've still got to go with Collins. I think he, he he's just come in and, and, and made that position his own in terms of his all-round performances in, in the side. So Collins, for me, is the Coventry. Um, oh, yeah. I don't want to say Wilson is a Coventry because it's harsh after another clean sheet for the guy. And, you know, it's important that he's obviously um, getting that confidence. But, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with uh, Collins as, as the in for me. 
Yeah, this week, uh, Coventry, um, I think it would be Sims, his performances, his his form. Uh, that would mm. be the 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 plus or the in for me. Mm. Um, it's been nice to see that he's he's been getting that, you know, the chances as well as um, taking them. I think Coventry would just be um, rare replacements. They're probably not that. <laughs> that, that it's stopping me from getting to Coventry games so yeah rare replacements can can get in the bin um you alluded there and you've included it in your you're in Matt um but the poll um that we also ran on on Twitter was um asking our fans basically if Mark Robbins number one keeper um and who should stay in the sticks for the remainder of the season you said Collins um mm. 73% of other people said Collins, 15% Wilson and 12% Moore. Interesting that, you know, Wilson and Moore are pretty, pretty, you know, similar there. Um, mm. It was only a small ran uh, poll this, this afternoon. Uh, but yes, that is, um, that is, that is the, um, the results of that. So everyone resounding Collins to stay in for the remainder of the season. I think he, like you said, he has made it his own. Um, and yeah, let's see if Mark Robbins continues to do that. That's all we've got time for this episode, Matt. Obviously, as always, we thank the Sky Blue Tavern and Dylan's Bury for the sponsorship of the podcast. And if anyone at home wants to get involved with anything we spoke about this evening, then you can just using the hashtag Sky Blues Extra Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.